Hey guys, welcome to another episode of A Kenyan's Experience. On this episode, I'm joined by my co-host Cynthia as we have a chat with our other co-host, Gadoni Wambugu. Gadoni has such an amazing and inspiring story. We delve into her journey from A-levels all the way to her time in the UK and in the US. We also talk about the importance of having a strong support system and how that can pave the way for a promising future. Trust me guys, this is a good one. I'll say no more, let's get right into it. Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast this week, guys. Welcome to A Kenyan's Experience. So I'm your co-host. I'm Cynthia. And I am Dennis, another co-host. Yes. Uh, and today we have, we're all three of us, but today we have our, oh, oh. our <laughs> we have Gavoni in the hot seat. In the hot seat. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> She's already nervous. Wow. Yeah, I am. I am nervous. I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> but I'm ready to just do this. <laughs> nice. Well, it's nice. amazing to have you. Finally, you know, we're going to be interviewing you, asking you all the good questions, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how are you feeling today? Um, I uh, feeling good. I've got the answers, hopefully helpful answers. Um, just here to be honest, and okay. tell you my life story. <laughs> hey, so let's, relax. Let's get to it. When did you <laughs> do <laughs> drugs? <laughs> <laughs> when was your first? <laughs> <laughs> Expose. <Yeah. laughs> I pleaded the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but happy so, that you're here. I know you have an interesting story, so we've been wanting to ask you all these questions and. Thank Tell you. the people your amazing story and hear your journey. Yes, Thanks, yes, Dennis. and finally we have a uh, Dennis on the podcast as well. Me potea. Eh, 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 yo, oh, let me tell yeah. you, traffic. There was traffic. There was traffic. Oh, for like two <laughs> months. <laughs> that never ending. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so uh, a bit of background. Uh, Gadoni and I, we go way, way back. Um, what mm-hmm. we were. We met when we were, what, seven, eight, nine? Yeah, four. I don't even know how old that is. Yeah, just... basically, puberty hadn't even hit yet. So we oh, didn't know what wow. bras were. Yeah. Uh, that's, how, that's how long we've known each other, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we went to primary school together. Uh, we have so, so many stories. Um, and we reconnected mm-hmm. last year. We both went to uni in the UK, but we lost touch for a while. Yeah. But um, yeah, we're here. Finally, talking about our journeys. Um, usually, friends, you know, when we meet up, we don't really um, kind of have these conversations about your career, your life, yeah. and really going in deep. So this is like a really informal, formal kind of like catch-up session and kind of getting to know each mm-hmm. other again, which is cool. I'm curious, yeah. though, how did you guys re- reconnect, like, after all those years? Uh, it was... I, I remember. Okay. <laughs> so I was I was following you on Twitter and you posted something about your mom and I commented oh. and I was like, she was just an amazing woman. And then we just started chatting and we're like, let's meet up for coffee. Nice. And then I remember it was in that time when you were supposed to go back to uni and it was literally like last minute. We're like, let's just do this. Oh, and since yeah. then it's been like... We never lost touch. Wow. <laughs> Kathleen, yeah. you're really a solid friend. You're really a solid friend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when we were younger, I used to go to Cynthia's house for sleepovers to watch Just Red Housewives. So. Wow. Oh, yeah. I still, I still have that box set, by the way. It's waiting for us. Did we ever oh, watch gosh. Charmed? 
I don't know if you, I don't know who I don't know how old you are if you're listening think... to this, but way back Chang yeah. was the shit. Oh. Yeah. Hey, it was it was it. Yeah. And I had all the I think yeah. I had all the seasons as well of Desperate Housewives. Yeah. Oh, you had all, all I was the them. plug, guys. All of them, yeah. <laughs> In fact, there were times since they would just leave me watching and I'd be like creeping into the bed. Yeah. <laughs> like some odd hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. still how I am with my movies and series. So. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so let's uh, jump right into the questions. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So as I mentioned before, Galerina and I, we went way back to primary school. We started off at St. Austin's together. Uh, we both left, both went back. Weirdly enough, both went back at different times and then left again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so you went back. So I went back for my year 10. Uh, I went to, so mm-hmm. I moved away for a year. My parents were like, whoa, she's acting different. Let's send her back. Then they were like, easy, <laughs> take her back. So <laughs> then Gadoni joined St. Austin. So you went back for year 12 for your yes. AS levels. So tell us what that was like for you. Um, yeah. So I did, so when I did my O levels, I knew I didn't want to do IB. And the reason for that was, First of all, you had to do six subjects, and I think you had to do like one science. And science, it was is just not for me. Like I would not click it. So I was like, um, A levels has to be my options. And we're looking at schools, and one of the teachers who was at Aga Khan, who was like a good teacher and helped students do well at Aga Khan, went to head St. Austin's. So we thought it would just made sense. But I don't know what St. Austin's brings out in people. God, I hope you're not listening to this. But (laughs) (laughs) whatever St. Austin's brings out in people, it just, it wasn't the best. So I did my year 12 there and we were just a messy class. But it didn't end up, (laughs) it didn't end up working out. And I had to do my year 13 um, orientation center. But in terms of the reason I went back to St. Austin's was just because I knew I didn't want to do IB and we were familiar with St. Austin's and like I said the teacher had gone there so we, I thought my parents thought that would be the best option turns out not really but you know you live and you learn yeah <laughs> no yo when I went back hey I don't even I literally feel like I turned into another person like if there's yeah. if literally like you know the saying goes um uh you're the sum of the five people you surround yourself with bruh mm-hmm. please that was no i was laughing i would be laughing so hard in the class i would literally be on the floor in my french class guys wow. yeah it was bad like i was yeah, yeah. so anyways uh well, i'm glad we both experienced <laughs> our parents both realized hey, Z. <laughs> yeah 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 uh Question, so you mentioned though, um uh-huh. sorry mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious how was um your year 13 you said you did a levels in a tuition center Yes, so yeah. actually what what, like? what happened is, let me just give a backstory. So St. Mm-hmm. Austin's used to open, um, it's the school to those who are doing um, studies at tuition centers so, so yeah. to do their exams. And so what happened the year we sat our AS exams is a few students from these tuition centers cheated. And wow. when they were doing quality assurance marking, they noticed that something was off. So everyone who sat their exams that year got their marks deducted by 20 percent so it was we all we all did badly it was unacceptable and so yikes we're just trying to think about options with my parents and we just thought 
why don't we go to a tuition center? Because people have done it before. Mm-hmm. And we sort of said, if I do that route, I would do my exams at the British Council. So there was no way anything like yeah. this would happen again. So that's sort of the route <clears throat> that um, I ended up taking. And shout out to my mom. She literally opened a tuition center for one year just so I could nice. do my, nice. <laughs> my A-level. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I did. I had to redo um, some papers. I had to, and I was doing, it's so funny, I was doing economics, and I found this teacher, a teacher from um, Brookhouse, Mr. Nyoro, shout out to you if you're listening. I did my first economics uh, tuition class with him, and at the end of it, he went to my mom, and he's like, I've tried Gadani for one day, it was like two hours, and he was like, she has a business mind, I don't think she's going to pass in economics. I think she should do business. I know it's risky because she hasn't done AS business, but if you stick with me in this one year, we'll do two years of business. And I finished with an A. So it ended up, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He knew what he was doing. So Tishan was an interesting experience. It was different because, you know, you don't have the structure of school, school Mm -hmm. uniform. So you you need to have discipline to study outside of the time that you're with the tuition teacher. So yeah. it was an interesting experience. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. first of all, props to your teacher <laughs> sure. for, right. you know, right. literally, I mean, I feel like that's yeah. what teachers should be like. They should really be able yeah. to see their students for what they are and be like, listen, I'm not saying mm-hmm. you're dumb. I'm just saying this isn't for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like yeah. they really need to be leaders. So, yo, I feel like we, on this podcast, we really shouted out some teachers and it's there's some true. real ones out there. Yeah. There's some real ones yeah. out there as well. And also, your props to you, man. Hey, business-minded. Yeah. Madam. <laughs> we see <Right>. you. <laughs> yeah. You? But no, but that's incredible. And yeah. yeah. And even seeing your mom as well step up. I mean, I've mm-hmm. met Gadoni's mom. Gadoni's mom is a boss lady. Because yeah. I oh, remember, yeah. I mean, Gadoni used to be a swimmer, for people who don't yes. know. Yes. Uh, Gadoni used to be a swimmer. No, I mean, like, legit national level <laughs> swimmer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I swam yeah. competitively for eight years. Um, wow. And even represented Kenya in South Africa. So. Hey. Yeah, my mom was there waking up at 5 a.m. to make, oh God, mm-hmm. making us food so that we could have so that the food can have digested by the time we're going for our competition. She was a wow. real one. She is a real one. <laughs> she is a real one. And you're not at the Olympics right now? Hey, you know, <laughs> eight years is a long time. <laughs> it got to it got to a point I was just like, I've done the best I could do. Let me just mm-hmm. tackle another challenge. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Olympics so, was not for me. So, I mean, but I I just wanted to ask because, I mean, clearly, though, there seems to be a lot of discipline that was there in your life. And I I feel like that's a really important Mm -hmm. aspect of how you ended up excelling, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. doing a, you know, doing a levels by yourself is, you know, it's a lot because you can imagine in high school, you know, Dennis and I going to, we did a levels together. And I think just having that kind of like cohort of students, I mean, we all don't know what we're doing, but it's like, you don't know what you're doing together. You know, it's like the blind leading the blind, but it's for fun, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) And, but for you being like, solo for you know that entire year resetting a paper as well i mean that takes a lot of discipline and it seems that you know that started from the beginning your mom built that Mm -hmm. discipline into you and your sister Mm -hmm. and i'm sure now 
as you're working from home as well you have that discipline in yourself to maintain that so that's incredible yeah definitely and my dad always likes to remind us he's like it's because we fought because we always like to joke that they forced us to swim because none of them are swimmers and we're like (laughs) where did this thing come from and so Mm. my dad always likes to remind me it's because remember it's because we forced you to swim that you have this discipline because just imagine waking up like when we're training we would wake up Mm -hmm. train in the morning go to school and then train after school, go home, do homework. You know, you need to sleep early. You need to keep up with studies. Wow. It was a lot. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. And guys, just 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 for um, a bit of information, Galoni was not a slacker in school, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> there was never a time she was getting an F. Yeah. Galoni yeah. no, was on her stuff. So that's incredible. <laughs> so you killed your A-levels. Uni comes mm-hmm. next. Um, and so what was like your thought process like around that? Because like we said, you, you did it outside of, you know, separate to high school. So, you know, us, we had a kind of like, um, we had UCAS, the, uh, the mm-hmm. high school was helping us through that. I mean, helping in quotes, but you know, so how, um, how are you managing that? Cause I know your mom was obviously a good, like source of support, but what yeah. else, um, like, what was the process like for you? So I think because I started my AS in in a proper school, I sort of had an idea because I would see career fairs and I would see those who are ahead of me, the process they would go through. So I sort of had an idea. And just going back a little bit, when I joined AS, I had set my mind that I wanted to do psychology um, for mm-hmm. a degree. And I had a psychology teacher who was just not the best teacher. And he discouraged me from wanting to do psychology completely. And so when I realized that I didn't want to do psychology, I was lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And somehow this opportunity came up to be on a committee to organize prom for those who are leaving. So I was in year 12, so for the year 13s, the mm-hmm. opportunity came up to be on the committee. And I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to, but my friends, Cynthia, remember Bukumi? He sort of dragged oh, me to me. Yeah. He's like, let's just go for a meeting. And <laughs> it was so much fun. I enjoyed it. And so through doing that, I realized that I like events and organizing stuff. And so I remember one day looking through a booklet and I saw event management. I was like, hmm, what's this? Seems interesting. So I did my research on it. And then obviously in year 13, I moved to the tuition center. So I didn't have um, that guidance from anyone really. So it was just doing a lot of research on my own, looking into different courses. And then when it was time, when it came time to applying for university, I went to UNICEF. So uh, I knew UNICEF obviously from school, and there was one lady. I think her name was Faith. She was so helpful. She was like, "Look, these are the good um, unis that have your course." She helped me with my personal statement. She helped me with my CV, just everything. So, and when I was going through that process, my mom was really there with me while learning together visa requirements, etc. And so, yeah, it was a mix of UNICEF doing my own research and my mom that you know got me to the point at which I was able to then go off to uni. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think if it wasn't for that teacher mm-hmm. that you would have done psychology or your path would have been completely different if it if it wasn't probably him? probably really? I think I would have really gone into psychology and one of the reasons I wanted to do psychology was because I love watching investigative series and there's always mm-hmm. like, you know, you see them using the psychology trying to understand yeah. the subjects and yeah. why they do certain stuff. So that's why I really wanted to do it. But then that experience with that teacher just was like, 
no i was like maybe this is not for me but it ended up being a good thing because i'm really enjoying the path i am on right now and i think if i'd gone the psychology route i never would have gotten to where i am now wow yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Send I mean, him like it's... a loose message just saying like, yo, this is where I am now. <laughs> Thanks to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't thank him exactly, but... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I feel like it's it's interesting though that you definitely have people who push you in one direction and people who pull you into another. And I mm-hmm. feel like in that moment, obviously, I'm sure you were quite frustrated. You're like, ah, now this guy, I mean, I love psychology, but he's not even helping me, but... Yeah. You know, now in hindsight, you look at it, you're like, okay, that was like a, a, a low-key blessing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's, so that's how you ended up doing events management because I was just thinking of like yes. how, because it's a very specific course because I know a mm-hmm. lot of people who go into events actually end up doing marketing first in, in university or business and then they end up doing events management actually as part of their career. But you mm-hmm. mentioned this one time that you said University of Salford was actually one of the best universities for events management. But University yes. of Salford isn't like one of the most well-known universities, even though mm-hmm. I know it's quite good, of course. We're sitting here with a legend. Uh, and so, <laughs> <laughs> and it allowed you also to do like a, a year as well of experience yes. um, as well. So like, what was that process like finding that University of Salford and what was that year of experience like and what impact has it had on you so far? Okay, so, you know, like I said, I was doing a lot of research on events management. And so part of that was top unis that offer event management, you know, typical <laughs> yeah. searches that people Shout do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I was doing that and I think I narrowed to a, a list of um, seven different unis. And I know with UNICEF or UCAS, you need to have five. So I just continued doing my research and what um, sort of drew me towards Salford was that one year's experience. And I don't know where this came from because it's not something I really talked about with my parents, but I really wanted to gain work experience while still being um, in uni. And, you know, mm-hmm. UK universities are three years. And I thought, I'm still young. One extra year isn't going to hurt me. And if I can get work experience that's even better and I think what was driving me so much is that I would wanted to stay in the UK after my <laughs> after my degree yeah. so I was like yeah. if I get the job I'll do so well and then they'll keep me on after um didn't end up happening that way which is a good thing as well so when I narrowed down my universities I think I had I had five and I had two in the greater Manchester area and one of my cousins were, was at uni of Manchester so I asked her do you know about these universities? Have you had anything? What's living in Manchester like? And so she told me one was University of Chester. She's like, that's like in the outskirts of Manchester. And I was like, yeah, I think it was like my number one. I was like, no thanks. Because I live in Kikuyu, which is yeah. outskirts of Nairobi. I'm like, I'm not leaving the outskirts <laughs> in Kenya to go to the outskirts in the UK. Yeah. And then she told me about Salford. And she was like, yeah, she knows people there. She's had, it's a great university. It's a small campus as well. So you don't need to run across um, the town to get from one room to another. And so she sort of, from talking to her, she sort of helped me put Salford as my number one. And so when I did that, that's when I did more research into Salford. And I noticed that, first of all, for the placements, which is the one experience they don't charge. Mm 
which was a good thing. And then it was mm-hmm. highly ranked for the course that I was doing. And when I was looking at the modules specifically, because this was a concern my dad had that I was going to go into events mainly and not have a broad mm-hmm. understanding of like business. But looking at the modules that they offered, the first year was basic business. So I did HR, I did marketing, I did legal. And so I had that basic understanding before going specifically into events management. So that's how I sort of ended up settling on Salford and sort of convincing my parents that events management at this university was the route I wanted to go to. Yeah. Yeah. For a lot of um, uni applicants, especially in the UK, mm-hmm. a lot of them, when they're applying, they see that there are, normally it's three years, and then you have the option of a placement year, yeah. uh, right, where you where you can work. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people tend to be scared of that placement year because they just want to finish their degree and then mm-hmm. you know then they leave or graduate so for you how important was that placement year for you and how big of an impact was that for you for like say someone who's thinking about doing a placement but they don't yeah. know anything about it yeah for me it was really really important that i got the work experience before completing my degree just because mm-hmm. you know you hear stories of people having their degrees and they're finding it difficult to get work or they're not really sure what they want to do so they end up going like in a roundabout way to figuring it out so mm-hmm. i just thought if i'm able to get experience while still being a student i'm sort of able to figure out what exactly it is i want to do and even if i'm not able to figure that out i can sort of know what I don't want to do depending on the kind of experience I get and so I remember looking for a placement was really tough really really tough I applied to so many companies I think I had a list of 35 companies by the time it was getting to me almost giving up and I had barely got any responses and so I remember talking to my folks about it one day and my mom just was like what if you could do it in Kenya? She's like, I'm pretty sure we could help you find something here in Kenya. So I reached out to one of my tutors and I asked him, I was like, what if I could do my placement at, in Kenya? What are the requirements? First of all, is it possible? And if it is, what are the requirements that I need to meet to be able to make this possible? He said that it was indeed possible. So as soon as I found that out, I was like, look, mom, dad, let's just start calling the people we know, see what opportunities <laughs> yeah. are at. Yeah. yeah. And my folks were like, because placements are usually paid in the UK. My folks were like, look, it's you should be okay with it even if it's not paid. Like you're living at home, we support you, we'll help you just mm-hmm. get that experience. Yeah. And so I came to Kenya, we got in touch with a contact and I found my placement at an events company here in Nairobi called EXP. And so... Because it took me really long to find a placement. I started late, but the minimum requirement to pass was nine months. So I was lucky I was able to do the nine months on the dot. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I got to work with different companies, host different events like I did um, end of year party for like BET. We did a golf thing for Sunlam. We did KCB Current Masters. I did... Uh, I went to EABL to help them host a town hall. I just, I went to Kenya Airways in Embakasi. I did different Damn. things. I got to Whoa. meet different people and learn. And I think for me, what helped was once I was getting to my place mania, I sort of got rid of the idea that I wanted to work in the UK. And I saw this as a blessing because at, mm. I was like, at least I understand the events management market in Kenya, which is where yeah. I eventually want to find myself. So mm-hmm. it ended up working in my in my favor, I guess. 
Yes. Mm. So wow. for those listening, I definitely encourage you, don't be closed off. Yeah. There's opportunities out there. A hundred percent. I mean, first yeah. of all, I didn't even know you could do your <laughs> one year experience in Kenya. I feel like yeah. I feel like for Kenyans, by the way, I feel like that's the way to go about it because yeah. at the end of the day, it's you can secure a job for when you graduate because that person exactly. that you're working under will be like, Oh yes, yeah, so you're coming back. Yeah, yeah exactly. let me, you know, you can come back into because let's not lie to ourselves, you don't apply to a job in Kenya. You know someone who knows you someone know who someone. will get you that yeah. job. Yeah. No one's looking at your CV, love. It's a formality. So, <laughs> you know, so like, yeah. yeah, I mean, for those who are listening, really, really consider um, doing your one year at home. And honestly, I just want to bow down to Gadoni's parents right. because they really, right. I mean, like what? So do they, are they, are they like low key university, like scouters, like they really seem to know the gist yeah everything about i think the one thing is they just they're invested in what their, their mm. children are doing and so they want to learn mm. and i think that has definitely helped me and my sister with the different things we've we've wanted to do yeah wow, so wow. wow. they're just supportive i guess which is a good yeah. thing <laughs> No, I, I think no, I think that's really incredible because like we said, I think sources of support should really come in all directions, not just your university, mm-hmm. not just UNICEF. I think mm-hmm. from home as well is really, really important and, and, and kudos to your parents yeah. for that. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. Uh so actually I wanted to go back and ask you. Um so did mm-hmm. so was there at any point because like you did go into something that was quite niche, Kadoni? Was there at any point where you were kind of because your dad did doubt a little bit, he was a bit concerned. Was there any mm-hmm. point during that mm-hmm. journey you were kind of like, oh man, I'm not too sure, like, do I really? Because at the end of the day, you're gonna graduate with a degree in events management. Was yeah. there any point you're like, eh, I- I'm not too sure? Not at all. It's oh. so interesting when I think about myself. There are a lot of things that I'm like 50-50 about, but there are certain mm-hmm. things when I know, I know, and that's the route I want to go yeah. to. So I remember even when my dad had his doubts, I was like, I'm not backing down because this is what I wanted to do. And going back to um, the organizing the prom for the year 13s who are going, we did so many mini events to like raise money. And that's where I found the fun of it, organizing the events, organizing whatever we're going to sell, setting up everything. That's what I enjoyed. So I knew going to the events route was what I wanted to do. I didn't know exactly how that would look like at the end of it. And but I definitely knew events was what I wanted to do. And I think as I've moved away from event management and organizing events, I've learned that what I actually liked about it is the aspect of organizing stuff. So not mm-hmm. necessarily events. So I think that if I hadn't done the degree, if I hadn't like stuck with it, I wouldn't have come to the realization it's organizing stuff that is what I like to do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's just it's uh it's almost now like a personality thing, like that's yeah that's I what think I'm so because as you say when you're sure you just know that this is what you want to do yeah, yeah yeah has that always been from a young age or is that something that you you learned to do as you're growing up maybe it's something that I've grown into um mm-hmm. and I know like I think now I know myself more if I'm unsure of something that I can tell like fifty fifty about it but if there's something I know I really want to do. I'm so uh, strong about it and I know I really want to do it. So even if others are unsure, even if I'm unsure myself, if I find myself Googling it, 
spending like 90% of my time looking into it, no matter how scared yeah. I am, I know that's something I really want to do. So I think it's just something I've grown into and something that I've just come to accept as a part of who I am. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if you don't want to be best friends with Gadoni by the end of listening to this episode, I don't know what right. best friends you want. <laughs> I always want to sign up and be like, can I be your friend again? <laughs> wow. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, so, okay. Okay. So you did your one year, went back, you graduated, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At University of Southward. Um, mm-hmm. And then you decided at that point, so from your one year at home, you saw that you didn't really want to work in the UK anymore. What mm-hmm. was it about that? Because I feel like a lot of us, I think there's this whole Kenyan mentality of, hey, Unanda Jew, you know, you once you're abroad, yeah. please try and stay mm-hmm. abroad as much as possible. Yeah. You yeah. know, send those that sterling pound home and whatnot. But what <laughs> <Yeah>. was it? <laughs> what was it about being in Kenya for that one year that made you realize, you know what, Kenya's home, Kenya's the place to be? So I think when I was thinking about um, staying in the UK and working in the UK, I thought like I, had, I would have hit the jackpot. But it wasn't even work related that made me realize that Kenya is where I want to be. It was, mm-hmm. I remember it was after my first year, so I was staying in student accommodation and me and my friend had found this place that I wanted to move out to, out of like the normal student accommodation. And I remember like my lease where I was staying ended on the, 30th of june and um our new contract was starting on like the 2nd of july so i had like a few days in between and i remember asking um the guys who are getting the place from can i move in for those few days like i've already committed to moving to this place and they're like yeah sure absolutely bring your stuff but it's like 50 pounds and i was like for three days for somewhere where I'm already going to move into, like, yeah. like oh, they lucky Kenyans. <laughs> you know? I was like, what is going on? So I remember writing back to them, and I was like, I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. I'm moving. I would like to move into the place I've already paid rent for from second of July. Like, it's just a few days. Can then I was like, fine. If I can't move in, can I at least move my things? They're like, yeah, for like twenty five pounds. I was like, eh, this is kind of joking. So that was number one. I was like. If this was in Kenya, the landlord would be like, just move in, like it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. So that yeah. was the first thing that sort of opened my eye up and was like, I this is different from home. Mm-hmm. And then with looking for work, I really struggled because I knew from day one I wanted to get work experience doing different things. You watch in movies and you see how people work at like cafes, doing all this yeah. stuff. So I wanted that to be my life. So from as soon as I got to uni, I was trying to apply for jobs and I really was not getting any interviews in my first year and I'm almost 100% sure it's because of my name. I don't have an English name. So by the time they think of the new Ambogo, they're like, I never mind. How so are we going to pronounce was, this? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so it was the process of me not being able to find a job as quickly as I thought I would or as easily as I thought I would that sort of made me realize maybe this is not what I want to do long term. Let me see what I can get out of it while I'm here as a student and then take what I've learned and take it back home. So yeah, that was sort of my thought process to me wanting to just take it back home. Nice. Yeah. Home is always I mean, best. I mean, it literally <laughs> it took is. the Kikuyu new for that 50 pounds to be like, Ezi, <laughs> I yeah, would yeah, like, nah, stuff. Yeah, I'm not doing this. We out. <laughs> I don't have that money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But just the audacity. Then they went down to like 25. Just to move I your know, things in. For yeah. like two suitcases. 
I was like, yeah. oh, gosh, this. And I remember I had a friend. He wasn't a university student, but he used to come to the uni gym, and he was a Kenyan. And somehow I was just in the gym with my friend, and he came to me. He's like, "You're a Kenyan, right?" I'm like, "How do you know? I'm not even saying anything." He's like, "You just look like a Kenyan." So, luckily, he lived on the same street that we were moving to, and he allowed me to to leave my stuff with him, which is crazy because. From my student accommodation to my friend's house, I literally passed the house I was going to move into. So I just thought it didn't make any oh, sense. Man. But yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was I was just like, this is too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Okay, that's that's int- um student accommodation. How did you how was your experience with that? Especially in the first year? Because really? a lot of people um you're going into a place where, first of all, you don't know if they're Kenyans to begin with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't know if they're people who even speak the same language as you. But you just know you're going to be cramped up in a place with different people, like for the first yeah. time. And they're thinking yeah. the same as well. So mm-hmm. what was that experience like for you? More so the first year. My student accommodation. Well, so I was, <laughs> I was sort of late to apply for student accommodation. So I sort of just got whatever was left. Mm-hmm. The place I was staying at, we lived 11 of us. There were six guys and five girls. Yes, we were 11. We had a shared kitchen, a shared lounge. Everyone had their own um, bedroom. And then we had two bathrooms downstairs. It was it was crazy. At first, you know, you go there like you're saying everyone is new. Everyone is wondering, oh, who's this? Who's coming? Will they get along? So I remember the first few weeks we were all friends we were all cooking meals together all having dinner together and then slowly slowly like people become their natural selves and so mm-hmm. it was just by the time I was leaving at the end of the year I was glad to be leaving because people would steal your milk from the fridge your bread yeah. people yeah. would steal things from your cupboards and I remember in our cupboards we would lock them but people just find a way to open pick whatever wow. they they're taking um, people are using your pots and not cleaning them and then they're growing mold. I remember by the time, like my halfway point, I had had enough of it. I was like, look, I don't mind you using my pot, but have the decency to wash it and just yeah. leave, it clean. leave it the way you found it. But when I found my pot with mold, I said enough is enough. I took oh. all my dishes to my bedroom, all my dried food to my bedroom. Literally, when I was cooking pasta, I'd put the pasta in the pot, go with the pot to the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> my go back with everything to the room that I, I was just like it was way too much and then because you know how students are first year so yeah. the way our apartment was sort of set up the next apartment was right next to ours and the only thing that was dividing us was a fire hatch and there was a sign in red that said do not break but you know what university students do they break it you can't find Standard. the first time they close it they break it again it got to a point guys would just just leave it open so we'd have now 22 people between two apartments coming in and out so at some point you don't even know who's taking your food who's taking your stuff so it was a bit of a wild experience but i'm glad i went through it in my first year like if i was like in my end i would not be having any of that so yeah okay dude that sounds traumatic (laughs) i'm so sorry yeah. <laughs> that sounds so traumatic. And what is it what is it about with people not cleaning pots? I don't know if it's I don't know. I don't know. I feel like everyone I've spoken to has really experienced living with people who just don't clean dishes. 
And yeah. I'm really not understanding where you're coming from. I mean, who raised you guys? Please just it's clean, true. clean the dishes. It's true. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's not that hard. Yeah. But I mean, it really sounds like, um, yeah, thankfully you left and yeah. <laughs> uh, you went through that experience. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's really wild, though, the fact that you had to lock it and they were picking locks. Yeah. Were you living with criminals? That's a different podcast. Mm. But <laughs> and then, yeah, those are different questions. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how we ended up with this story. But <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, yeah, you decided to come back home. And so what mm-hmm. was that transition like for you? Because, um, I mean, you've already, you'd already come home. So for you, it is really great that you did your one year because I can imagine mm-hmm. people who just spent three years in the UK, you almost sort of like lose touch you know, Kenya changes honestly so much. I, I come back after yeah. a year and I'm just like, whoa, it, yeah. it's a completely different scene. And so yeah. I think for you is incredible. You had that one year to get your foot in the door and then go mm-hmm. back. Did you find like that was helpful in sort of um, tarmacking and getting a job when you got back? So, well, kind of. So when I was finishing my placement at EXP, like you said earlier, they actually said, oh, when you come back, even on holiday, just let us know and you see what you can do, how you can help us. Um, but then, so what happened was in my final year, I decided to stay in the UK and wait out my visa. So my mm-hmm. visa was expiring in October. So between May, when I finished my exams and October, I was just working. I did all sorts of jobs. Um, and that was the longest I had been in the UK before coming home on holiday. So it was what, January to October, so about 10 months. Um and yeah, so I had done different jobs. I was sort of living out of student life at some point. And so coming back home, there was still culture shock because mm. the way Kenyans work is different from the way guys work out in the UK. Like things are done quickly, things are more efficient. Communication is just top notch. Whereas here in Kenya, people are slow, people are late <laughs> to meetings. They just don't care that they're late. Mm. And I remember my first my first few weeks of doing my internship, I could not understand how people just did not care that they were late. I'm like, but, and it's funny because everyone was late and I was like, it's, it annoyed me so much. But in yeah. terms of, so the job that I came to, I still wanted to do events, but I wasn't sure. Um, and I sort of wasn't in touch, as much in touch with those I was working with at EXP. So I was like, oh, let me see if I can try something different. My dad had about um, an internship at NIC Bank, mm-hmm. and one of his one of his friends worked in HR, and so that's how he actually found out about it. So I applied actually for it from the UK, and when I came back to Kenya, oh god, I remember this was so wild. I came back to Kenya on a Tuesday. I had my interview on Wednesday. The next week, Monday, wow. I was starting my internship, and wow. I did my yeah, it was quick. <laughs> I did my internship for. Uh, six months and then that's when I left for New York and did that immediately but in terms of coming back I did sort of have a bit of a culture shock it took me a while to get used to the Kenyan way um, and the Kenyan ways of working but yeah it, it took a bit of time but I eventually settled back into back into it because Kenya is home so it just takes a bit of yeah, time that's yeah. true you mentioned yeah. something there briefly that I wanted to ask you about you you mentioned mm-hmm. it very subtly but okay. <laughs> You can tell that you are a traveler. 
She just mentioned that she but yeah. I went to New York and then I went. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about that. What was what was that journey like, especially uh-huh. from UK to New York? Those are completely yeah. different cultures, completely it different is. people, completely yeah. different lifestyle. Yeah, what was sure. that like? So just to give a bit of a backstory, so while I had finished my university, I was still looking for full-time roles in the UK. So even as much I had, as I had said that I knew I didn't want to leave and work in the UK long term, I thought if I could still have a free as an international experience, get money, save money, and then come home, that would be of benefit to me. So while I was looking for jobs, um, I came across this program called the Mountbatten Program. And it said, like, one year in New York, um, work and study. And at the same time, I was thinking of doing my master's. Um, so I looked into this thing, and I was like, yeah, I'll apply to it when I get home. So I sent it to my folks, and I was like, oh, just seeing this on LinkedIn looks interesting. Let's talk about it when I'm home. So I came home. Um, we started looking at it. And the more I read into it, the more it looked like an interesting opportunity. So what it is, basically, it's a one-year work-study abroad program. I got to do my master's while working full-time in New York. And the way the program is set is they um, work with different companies and they offer different um, internships or traineeships, whatever you want to call it. Um, And so I applied for that and I ended up being placed. I remember I was trying to look for or trying to hope to get an events role or a marketing role because that's sort of the direction I wanted to take and having done my marketing internship with NIC, I was like, okay, I can see a mix of events and marketing here. Mm-hmm. But because of the way the program is said, they sort of send out your CV to all their host organizations and whoever likes you interviews you. So I remember mm-hmm. I had an interview for an event role with Moody's and that didn't go well. Even I could tell it didn't go well, which was fine. <laughs> but then I had my second interview with City for learning and development role. So I was like, this is HR. I really did not want to do HR. I remember I was so upset. I was like, oh, even if they offer me, I may not take it. And it was my sister who was like, if you read the stuff that you're required to do, it's sort of similar to events management. Yes, you wouldn't be doing these elaborate events, but there's that part of organizing and going to different venues and doing different kind of trainings that's sort of similar to hosting different events. And so I remember having that interview and I was interviewing three, I was being interviewed by three people on the team. And I remember after having the first interview, I was like, I got this thing. I remember going downstairs and I told my mom, I'm going to get this job. She's like, don't be too confident. You just had your first interview. You have two more. And I was like, yeah, 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 fine. So I come upstairs, I prepare for my second one, the second one. So the second one was with the girl who was the Mountbatten intern at the time. So basically, I was going to be replacing her. Right. And so I got, got to know about the role, about the program and what it's like. And then I had my third interview with now the boss of the team. And that went really well. So fast forward a few weeks later, they offered me the role. I went to New York. It was a very interesting experience. I got to see Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait. Okay. Wait. Okay. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Maswali. Uh-huh. I have questions. Ah, okay. 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 We have time. We have time. So, <laughs> you see what I'm telling you, Dennis? This girl is just so yes, interesting. I know. She's like so... Thanks, yeah, literally. Yeah. I'm just like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, wait. Yeah. Okay, okay. Slow down. Yeah, yeah slow down. Slow down. Uh-huh. So You're this like sound... Netflix, Gadoni. I'm just <laughs> clicking next episode. Next episode. <laughs> 
I mean, okay, this all sounds really interesting. Before we even get to New York, mm-hmm. what was it like working at NIC? So, because obviously NIC, mm-hmm. when it was NIC, is a bank. And mm-hmm. like you said, you were interested in organizing. So what was that like six-month internship sort of like? And even before then, when you were looking for jobs in the UK, were you casting mm-hmm. out a really wide net? Um, and and I, I want people to hear this because I feel like it's important in regards to anyone going to the UK, just know that jobs mm-hmm. are really hard to come by as an international student because yeah. they have to sponsor yeah. you. So mm-hmm. I just want I just want you to share your experience, Kadoni, about like your experience looking for a job in the UK and then coming home to work at NIC. Yeah, sure. So when I was looking for roles, initially when I first started looking, I was very close-minded. I was just looking at events and I was looking all over the UK. And then I was like, at some point I realized this isn't working for me. So I sort of opened it up to like basic business roles. I looked at marketing. I did a bit of events. I did like communication roles as well. Uh, But what I found and what I've heard is that if you do a basic business degree, it's harder to get a job in the UK Mm-hmm. Um and be sponsored for a role as as opposed to those who do like engineering because my yeah. friend who did engineering got a job like almost quickly even where she was intention in doing her intern she was able to get a full time role with her company mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. like the different roles I was doing I wasn't able to do that so I think at a point I was applying just to see if I would get a role, but I knew I'd be coming home. But by the Mm -hmm. time I got to that point, I had applied for all sorts of business roles and it just didn't work for me. Um, And then, so yes, I came to Kenya, started my internship in marketing. Um, It was fun. I'm not going to lie. The marketing department was the fun department at NIC because (laughs) we got to organize different events for the different products that we were offering within the bank. And then different events that we were doing, we'd get to like get samples of different goodies that we'd be giving people, for example. And so in that, sometimes you get free stuff from the different suppliers you're working with. Um, For Valentine's Day, for Christmas, for like Mother's Day, we'd have these goodies like cakes and chocolates. And for Diwali, we'd have like goodies. And we were the ones who were tasting to see like what's good enough to. So it was a very fun department. I was... In that department, I was given responsibility of handing out like merchandise to people if they were going for different events. Um, we would do a lot of activation. So I was the go-to person for those teams who are doing activation. So if they need banners, if they need notebooks, pens, balls, whatever, they would need to set up tables, calling the guy to set up the tent and everything. So I was given... The, it was the small tasks, but I was, at least I was given responsibility over that, which was really good. And mm-hmm. I got to learn a lot from working, ma- working in marketing for one company and seeing how they market their different products and the different things they do. So it was, it was a fun experience. I was in the fun department and I, I just had fun. Nice. I was treated I- like an intern. <laughs> yeah. You know, being an intern in Kenyan companies is not the best, but... I'd like to just say that's just part of the experience. No matter which company yeah. you go to, you will yeah. be treated like an intern. So don't even dwell on that. Look at what else you get from it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And I feel like also that was really interesting and important to share because um, a lot of people, you know, they hear NIC and they're like, oh, okay, so did she change roles? But like banks, just because it's a bank and it deals with finance, mm-hmm doesn't mean they're not other roles. You know what I mean? Like a company yes. needs marketers. It needs different people as well. So 
anyone listening yeah cast you know cast out a wide net uh, and yeah. see who you know you might know someone who's a bank teller but they need a marketer as well so exactly mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so just be yeah. open mm-hmm. yeah and also the thing of just applying for many many things at once because then mm-hmm. people believe if you only apply for one and you just sit and hope that you get the one and then when you yeah. don't you end up feeling so discouraged and then just starting yeah. that whole process of applying again can be so difficult yeah so it was actually yeah. why is actually just throwing your stuff out there and applying to so many different things yeah widening yeah. your network as well because exactly. people exactly. yeah they might not hire you but then they see what you can do and then now mm-hmm. they save you like for the future exactly especially doing things like events and stuff they will always come after you like later on or they have the opportunity yes. to do so so it was very wise very wise yeah in fact spe- uh, on that note um something happened to me a few months ago maybe um my the, the director of marketing at and well ncba now but she was the director of marketing at nic she actually reached out to me a few months ago asking if i was working and if i'd be interested in an opportunity in marketing at nic and i remember when i had left um I had be, like I had always worked really well. I had good rapport with the team, and when I was leaving, they wished me well and they're like, "When you come back, you know, let us know. We'd be happy to have you on the team." But when I came back, it was COVID and things were just slowing down, and they didn't have any roles. But the fact that you know I maintained that or I had that good working relationship with them yeah. when I was there sort of put me on her radar when she had an opening. So just for anyone who's listening, as much as maybe you're not feeling the role that you're going mm-hmm. into, just give it your best because you'd never know how it will come back and help you in the future. Yeah. You just never yeah. know. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think it's important not to burn bridges because, mm-hmm. yeah, especially with, and I feel like with any company because you never know. I mean, COVID came and, you know, small yeah. companies yeah. rose, yeah. big companies fell. So I think yeah. as the, the way Gadoni is saying, if you don't like a role, just just be respectful Keep them, you know, yes. keep their card. Uh, see if you can reach out and see what opportunities come, guys. Because beggars mm-hmm. cannot be choosers. Not in this country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Sawa, hi. On to New York. Uh, you are getting this okay. really fancy, amazing job. And I just want to, <laughs> I just want to point out the fact that uh-huh. you found this on LinkedIn. Can I just, can yes. you work on your LinkedIn page? Like, but you know what? <laughs> So 100%. many people doubted that. Like, yeah. they're like, you found it on LinkedIn. Are you sure? It sounds too good to be true. <laughs> but let me tell you, you never know. You never know what you'll find. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I said I was working with Citibank in learning and development. And actually, one thing I'm grateful for um, is the opportunity, the, the opportunity that I got to work at NIC doing marketing because I really did not want to. My dad sort of insisted that I should do it. Uh, but the fact that I had that experience at a bank, I think, is what put me on the front line for working at another bank, doing hit, oh, working with the LND yeah. team. So I think that's one thing that really helped me. So yes, I got to New York. Um, we're a small team of three, including myself. Um, it was very interesting experience. Um, the team was very lovely, welcoming. You know, I got I took my time understanding the different things we do. I was able to organize different training events, got, got to meet different people. And the work culture, like I was, I was trying to say earlier, is so different from Kenya, so different from the UK. Americans work hard. Yeah, you guys, you, you <laughs> work hard. You do not. Americans work so, so hard. 
but um what i wanted out of my one year was to come out with more than just what i was going in to get so yes mm-hmm. i knew i was going to do my masters yes i knew i was going to do the work experience but i wanted to travel america and travel different cities i think i traveled to i was there for 12 months i think i did nine or ten different cities so i got to have as a 360 experience i think i got to meet loads of kenyans as well i got to meet people from different cultures i got to do some new york things um i made a really good friend from the program her name is cynthia as well uh she's from nigeria (laughs) yeah (laughs) she's from nigeria and it was all around i think it was a good experience um had some issues here and there but all around it was a good experience and i'm I'm just glad i I went through it it was tough not being able to go home for a year because the winters were really harsh but i think it's what it made me stronger i think yeah. yeah. And I and if would can I ask why did you mm-hmm. feel like did you okay so did you feel like you needed to do a masters? I like asking this question because I think a lot of people see masters and they're like yeah, let's do it. Let's go back to school. But mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. you feel like so let's say you had this opportunity to do a masters. Do you think mm-hmm. had it not been attached to this one year working, you'd have still done a masters or do you think it was really important that it came with a masters and working at the same time? Um, no, I still wanted to do a master's. So whether or not this experience came with a master's, I would have still mm-hmm. done it. Um, but in terms of, you know, the more I think about it, I'm not entirely sure why I wanted to do a master's so quickly. I know I wanted to do a master's because my parents had master's. And, you know, there was always this joke we had in our family that you have to have at least the same, if not more. I knew I was oh. going to do a PhD. I just yeah. know that's not for me. So I was just like, <laughs> let me get to my master's and then I'm fine. I can chill. Um, so I was looking for master's at the same time that I was looking for job opportunities. And I was looking at Australia and Australia is like really expensive. So the fact that this work opportunity came with a master's was um, a blessing in disguise. But um, to answer the question, yes, I would have still liked to do a master's um, even if it didn't come with this program. And was it still um, within events management or did you kind of like spread your wings a little bit? Um, So the masters they offered, they actually only offered one masters in entrepreneurial management. So that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds fancy. It is. (laughs) (laughs) From a social aspect, do you still keep in touch with some of the people in New York? I keep in touch with that one friend, Cynthia. And mm-hmm. I keep in touch with my one of my managers every now and then we we chat on like Instagram or on WhatsApp. Yeah. Because um, it was a small team, I think we got really close. Um, and one of our, our boss was pregnant and she took some time off. So me and this one manager got really close at the time that she was off because we're doing a lot of projects together. And so that's how I'm able to like sort of still keep in touch with her. Um, other than that, I keep in touch with a few friends here and there from the UK, but mostly I would say it's Cynthia that I keep in touch yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. I asked Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I ask because it's, no, it's so important, especially once you're taking that short period away, mm-hmm. just yeah. to keep in touch with the people that you've been with. Yeah. Because that sure. way, whenever you see yourself going back, at least you know people who are there. Sometimes mm-hmm. you already have a home, people yeah. welcoming you. 
yeah. then that way you're just planting your networks in every place that you go to which is true. so 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 important that is yeah. true yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and on that note, is, would you have any tips, Gadoni, for people how to? Because I feel like you're really good at networking. Because mm-hmm. literally every time I speak to you, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me talk to this person, and you know, even in your mm-hmm. personal life. So, mm-hmm. do you have any sort of like tips with regards to networking? Because I personally, I'm such an introvert, and I've only recently kind of been coming out of my shell. I feel like COVID has mm-hmm. made me realize that, hey, yo, you need to actually like maintain contacts. Um, and it's really important, especially if I'm about to be an adult, um, like networking is really important. So are there for any sure. like sort of tips? And I think this goes for the both of you since you're both working, mm-hmm. uh, any networking tips that you could give? Um, first of all, I think it's very interesting that you think I'm good at networking because I am shy. <laughs> like, I, I like to think I'm an introvert as well. But my manager actually at City is the one who sort of got me out of my shell. She's like, look, you're only here for a year. What do you want to achieve? She's like, who do you want to network with? And she was so good at pushing me and getting me out of my comfort zone. And mm-hmm. so she encouraged me to like reach out to people, have coffees, go for lunches. And I think even now I'm still a little shy and hesitant sometimes, but I'm more comfortable doing it even as I don't want to do it. Um, I would say just go, when you're trying to network with people, go in with an open mind. Go in yeah. with wanting to learn what they're doing. And then from there is when you, how you can build on that relationship. So, for example, Cynthia, with you, you're doing medicine. I come to you and say, what are you up to? What are you interested in? And then how I think or how you should build on that relationship is if I go and like look into some of the stuff you're interested in. If I, and if I ever come across anything interesting that you might be interested in, I share with you. And that's how we keep that back and forth. And you do vice versa as well. And so that's how I think it's important to maintain that networking relationship with someone. So don't always go in thinking, I want to get this from this person. Mm -hmm. Go in thinking, what are they doing? How can I help them get to wherever it is they want to go to? And you'll find that people are more willing to help you that way. Because they they wouldn't smell that you're just trying to get stuff from them. No, that is so true. And I think as well, there's something really important you said as well was that I think oftentimes we look at a person and we've already made up our minds about them. You know, you look at someone, you're like, "Ah, they're not good to help me, you know, and it's just it's that mindset. It's like literally every Mm -hmm. single person you meet, you go with that mindset. You know what? I want to learn one new thing today. And I'm pretty sure if you go in that mindset, you will learn 10,000 things. So I think that was excellent advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Remember this person what about you, is Dennis? a person. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. that is so true. Yeah, that is yeah, so, it's so true. true. It's true. Yeah. Um, I always tell people networking, there's this notion, especially for young people, that networking is strictly professional. Mm. Everyone thinks that networking should just be based off like work or sharing CVs and just talking mm. about jobs. But if you think about it, like making friends is networking as well. Yeah. So if you simply just go ask people like, hey, what are your interests? Oh, I like that as well. That's networking. And then you can always build your, your network from there. You can always discuss the same interests that you have, which is still yeah. networking, just in a really sly but smart way, knowing that you're making friends but still increasing your network. And then now come the things of like jobs, and then now comes the professional side of it. But it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not as scary as people make it to be. Because yeah. people always think it's it's like, oh, it's, it's based off a job. Networking yeah. means I'm going to talk to my next boss. You know, <laughs> people always feel <laughs> like that. But it's it's never the case. It's as simple as making friends. 
So even just conquering that shyness, think about it like how are you making friends like in preschool or like in nursery? Mm -hmm. Because from back then up until now, you've built a network, right? So that's that's literally how it is. Yeah, That's that's how I find it. Yeah. No, that's very true. And I, I completely agree. I mean, our network, us keeping in touch, because I mean, we're all grown now, like 25. You know, I last mm-hmm. saw Gadoni literally more than 10 years ago before we met up last year. And we maintained that connection. And then me and you, Dennis, we, we did A-levels together. But us maintaining that connection is how we were here today. You know, so yeah. I, yeah. yeah. So I think that's that's yeah. really great advice. Um yeah. And so, yeah, so you, so you finished your master's, so you graduated, right? Um, And then you, so then also you had worked for a year. And so Mm -hmm. was it just COVID that brought you back or was that ultimately your plan to come back? So with the program, um, once your, your one year is done, you have a month to stay back and like travel. So that was my plan, but, but you do have to go back to your home countries. Um, But COVID is really brought me back before I was ready before like I had the opportunity to do the traveling um so I came back I literally came back on the last Emirates flight um from New York yeah it was I think Uhuru had announced that he was closing the borders on Wednesday I think I landed on Mm -hmm. Tuesday yeah so it was really (laughs) COVID that brought me back um I wish I had stayed back, obviously, to travel because I really wanted to do that as well. But I think, yeah, I'd, coming back was fine. Looking for a job after that was tough. Uh, but I I saw it sort of as a blessing because when I said earlier, when I came to do my, from my undergrad, so I landed on a Tuesday, I started working the next week, Monday, and then I finished with NIC on a Monday, and then the next week, Monday, I was in New York and I had started working and I had worked for a year. So I didn't really have a break between my yeah. undergrad and doing this opportunity in New York. So as much as I was annoyed that I was finding it hard to find a job, I think it was sort of a blessing in disguise. Like the universe said, just rest, relax, figure out what you want to do. And so, yeah, that's, that's what happened when I came back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to put you on the spot, Gadoni. Okay. Work-wise, uh-huh. which one do you prefer? Which one did you prefer? Ooh. New York, the UK, or Kenya? Oh. Yeah. Even though you were in New York for a shorter time period yeah. than than the UK, um, which one did you prefer? So just working-wise, mm-hmm. I think, I think I liked the UK because. They, first of all, in the UK, I had different roles because I was just trying to get my shoe in different uh, places. But I think why I say um, the UK is because in my last year, I worked with the university. So I was a student ambassador, student fundraiser, and I got to work with my fellow students. And I think that's where I got to build relationships with some stu- uh, students from university. And I think that's why I'd say that's my that was my fun experience. And the working hours were not as harsh. Like there was more holiday in the UK. In the US, you only yeah. have 10 holiday days, which I don't know <laughs> how I can expect someone to have 10 holiday days in one year. But yeah. no, I think I'd say, I'd say the UK, it was just more fun. I think the work I was doing was also fun. Even the space I was at, there was no pressure to really adult so much. So mm-hmm. I think that's why I say I had the most fun there. 
And, nice. And how, so how did you, um, so you said something just a, a minute or so back, you were like, mm-hmm. you didn't actually get a break between your undergrad and your master's. So mm-hmm. how did you sort of prevent yourself from burning out? Because me after three years, eh, I literally yeah. did my last paper. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even, I'm not even exaggerating guys. I, I was asleep for 24 hours. After that, I was finished, you yeah. know, oh, and wow. <laughs> I was asleep. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I peed. I, who knows? But <laughs> I mean, so how did you sort of like, <laughs> how did you keep yourself healthy and strong? Because mm-hmm. a master's is, it, it is not a small deal. And you're doing a master's and yeah. you were working as well. And you moved yeah. to a completely different continent. Yeah. yeah. And I was trying to explore as well. It was a lot. Um, I think... When I first got to New York, I was on a high. So I was like, oh my God, it's everything is new. New experience. I had so much energy. And then after, I think after like two months of being there, I was starting to crash. So I would just sleep on my weekends. I was like, you know what? It's not a must. We have to go out yeah. every weekend. I'm here for one year. So I mm-hmm. think two weekends in a row, I just slept on the weekends. I'm like, nobody, nobody at me. <laughs> I was just <laughs> sleeping. And so sleeping and going to the gym and just like going outside and sitting down and enjoying just like the fresh air and the surroundings I think that's the way I sort of ensured that I didn't burn out so just trying to find that balance um to yeah to just maintaining everything I think is important yeah yeah very healthy as well yeah you know you have to be (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah how, how did you sort of manage as well being away because i think mm-hmm. uh i don't know about the both of you so i was a university student who i only went home for the summer breaks and even if mm-hmm. i if i went home it was just for one month because I, me and mr kamweru we were sometimes <laughs> we would fight you know because like you've come oh, from living yeah. by yourself but then I'm coming back. Home. It wasn't on him. It is just that I'm coming back home to live in Kiambu. And so obviously yeah. I can't just be here gallivanting the streets of Nairobi, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it's not safe. And so mm-hmm. um, how did you, so, so um, for, for you, it was different because you were going home obviously quite frequently, you know, you have that support of your family, which is very important mm-hmm. to you. So how did you then manage that one year, like in New York by yourself? New York is a crazy city. From what I hear. Yeah, it was it was tough. So the prog luckily, um, were many of us in the program. So I think in my cohort were about fifty of us. Mm-hmm. Most were from the UK, but a few were from um other countries. And so what helped me is having so many people who are going through this new experience. Um and then leaving arrangements where I shared a room with someone. Yes, an actual bedroom someone so yeah I got really close to the girls I was sharing um a room with and I think that sort of helped so Cynthia the one I was telling you about um we just became close because she was from Nigeria I'm from Kenya we sort of had African backgrounds you know you're sort of similar and we wanted to travel to the same places and so we sort of just became besties and were just doing everything together so that helped um being out there and then I had a cousin who was in university there I had an auntie who lived in Los Angeles so at least we're on similar time zones so I had her she was like a second mom so I talked Mm -hmm. to her a lot and then actually I had a cousin who was in uni in New York somewhere and then I had another friend who was at NYU so I had like close friends and they were close people who are close in my life so I had like familiar faces around me and so it felt almost homey at times 
yeah, yeah and that's really important that you have that support yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah did you was... see any celebrities oh yeah no i didn't i mean i went to a what? trevor noah showing is that count i love trevor noah right i secretly went to marry him of the daily show oh wait and i saw i went to a taping of the seth myers show with my sister and my cousin when they came to visit mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. guest um was dax shepherd so i don't know if that really counts but I, I saw does. them from afar. Okay, yeah. then I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was wow. it was interesting. Yeah. You have amazing stories, Gadoni. Literally, I, you're, you're, you're like hey. a book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should, at some point, I should think about writing a book. <laughs> so. Or having someone write it because I don't have that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's nice. I think we've asked you a lot of questions and people yeah. are very, very interested in your journey and your path mm-hmm. and everything. Um, Cynthia, unless there are more questions, I feel like we can talk to Gadoni for we like really, a whole We really, we really, really can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like uh, I have more stories as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we can round up maybe with um, just one last thing. So you, because I, look, so I looked you up on LinkedIn and currently at your job, you work for a UK company, mm-hmm. Image. And so I know that you mm-hmm. wear very many different hats. And so I think, mm-hmm. you know, also listening to your story now, I'm just like, you have done so many different things as well. And I think you've not been afraid to pick up those hats as well. Um, so mm-hmm. sort of like, what are some pieces of advice that you'd give to people who find themselves in very similar situations to you where they're, they're, they're having to pick up these different hats that they don't necessarily want. Mm-hmm. I would say, I think, and the one thing I've really learned is just being open because mm-hmm. you never know what this oppor- what you're going to learn from this opportunity and what the skills you're learning will help you with the next role that you say you want to get into. So like with this company that I'm working for, I went in knowing that I'd be doing learning and development, which is sort of where I wanted to take my career. But I found myself doing marketing and social media marketing, which I was really not wanting to do. I wanted to (laughs) run away from that. But I was like, you know what, let me just do it because we're working in a digital society. So it's a skill you need to learn to have anyways. And then I found myself doing different things like creating company videos you know just sort of doing admin different admin tasks just don't be afraid and it's all all a learning experience and seek guidance from those um who are above you so like senior management those who have done it before talk to your people in your inner circles because you'll find someone who has done something similar to maybe what you're trying to do in the company so just be open you never know I think you never know what you're going to take out from the opportunities that you're you're getting into. Yeah, that's my I think, biggest yeah. lesson. Yeah, I think that's excellent advice, and I think even we've this is not the first time we've heard this from a guest on the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. that's really the key to sort of being <laughs> successful in this society. It's kind of like because things will come your way, you know, like COVID will yeah. come, and this is not the last pandemic, guys. Sorry, you know, exactly. so you need to just be able to stay on your feet, you know. Yeah. So yeah. And yeah. if you can show that you're flexible and willing to mm-hmm. just adapt to different situations, you will go far. You will really go far. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing advice. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully some people take it. <laughs> so I'm sure many of our listeners would mm-hmm. have heard your stories and even I bet they have so many questions that they'd want yeah. to ask you. Where can people find you? So yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, Gadhani Wambogo and I don't know if you want to give my Instagram. You can find me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gadhani underscore W. It's private, but you know, I may accept. If you send a message with it as well, then I will oh, respond yeah. to you. Yeah. 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 True. But mostly LinkedIn if you want to uh, reach out to me. And yeah, just ask anything you want to ask. We can set up like Zoom calls or meetings, wherever. Um, so yeah, open to having that chat with anyone who's interested. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Gadoni, for, you know, thank being you. here on the podcast with us. Yeah. Yeah. We really could keep on going. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, we, we obviously know each other already, but we have learned so yeah. much from you. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. much. Yeah. And yeah, everything Gadoni said, um, the link, so her LinkedIn, we'll put it um, in the show notes. And I think even we yeah. can link the program that you did for your master's. I think that's incredible to share as well in the show notes yeah. as well. Um, and so, yeah, I think we can sort of like close the show now. Um, Dennis, we can usually, so usually Gadoni asks this question at the end, but today yeah. I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, what is something that you learned today from our beautiful Gadoni? Oh, wow. Like so many things. <laughs> so, so, so many things. Um, no, the one I picked out that I liked the most was um, not being afraid and then mm. just, just reaching out and going for, for something. Especially when you have that feeling of, I like this and I'm interested, just going for it, mm-hmm. which is very, very important. Because I feel like the first step is normally the hardest one. Yeah. But yeah. just going for it and then going for it, you're halfway there. That's, that's what I like saying. Once mm-hmm. you just start and then the rest will just follow suit. So I really like that, Gadoni. That's, yeah. It's brave and it's, it's gotten you to where you are today. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I, yeah, I agree. I think that was an incredible lesson. I think for me, it would be like, obviously, Cynthia's are amazing. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, <laughs> what can we say? Um, but uh, no, no, jokes aside. But I think also for me, it was what really touched me was that I have known you most of my life. And yet I'm still learning so much from you as my friend, as my partner in all of this. So and I think as well, just sitting down with your friends, if you sit down with your group of friends, the people you're close to, and just sit down and ask them like, yo, what was your experience really like? You pick up Mm -hmm. some incredible gems. Um, And I think the other important one as well was I've known your mom was such a boss lady. And I've known you, I've seen your parents be there for me from the beginning. But I think for me, as this is not really career related, but as a young adult, I don't know if I can call myself that at 25, but (laughs) as a young adult, someone who wants to be a parent, I can see the importance of of being there in your children's journey Mm -hmm. and really investing in that because, I mean, look at where they end up, as amazing as Gadoni. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that was my lesson for me. But, yeah, Shout thank out you. to Mr. and Mrs. Ombogo. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> we are officially fans. Yeah. <laughs> and any Instagrams for them, they can be followed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can bring the uh, questions to me. I can, I can uh, pass them along. <laughs> nice well thank you for being on the podcast once again thank you for having me i feel like we should do another follow-up session for all the other stories (laughs) yes a hundred percent yeah yeah yeah
Um, well, yeah, that's it from us today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to A Kenyan's Experience. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at A Kenyan's Experience. And um, yeah, uh, don't be afraid to sh- uh, share us on your stories, uh, message us any questions, anything that you want to hear from us. And uh, yeah, thank you and have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Welcome to A Kenyan's Experience, a podcast for Kenyans by Kenyans. In this podcast, we use real, raw, and personal journeys to provide you with the knowledge and the power to demystify, simplify, and make better decisions about your academic and professional future. This podcast is relevant for everyone at any point in their academic or career path, from high schoolers to university students to industry professionals, and even those looking to pivot later in their careers. Here at AKE, we ask the questions you wish you had before you started your journey and normalize making bold decisions for you. So tune in for a once weekly episode that will leave you inspired, challenged, and laughing as Kenyans tell their stories here on A Kenyan's Experience.